Hello guys and welcome to a special episode today. Today our special guest is Alex Nealon. He is CEO and owner of The Sport Dietitian. The Sport Dietitian is the UK's leading team of sustainable weight loss professionals helping women all across the UK lose weight and feel less self-conscious in how they look. Alex is originally from Roscommon in Ireland and he has an undergraduate degree in sports science an MSc in Public Health and Nutrition, a postgrad diploma in Dietetics, and a postgrad diploma in Sport Nutrition with the International Olympic Committee. My God, that was a mouthful. (laughs) He is a registered dietitian, a behavioural change coach, and personal trainer. He's worked in the NHS, worked with professional athletes, and then he went out on his own and created the Sport Dietitian. And his biggest achievement thank God, is that he is lucky enough to be my (laughs) fiancé. Alex is here today to talk to us about his coaching business, how that has grown and scaled significantly in the past few years, and his learnings along the way. Alex, welcome. (laughs) I'm not sure that I agreed to that last statement, but welcome, Babs. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) So great to be here. (laughs) Did you just welcome me to my own podcast? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what you mean about that last statement. I mean, that is by far your greatest achievement. Let it slide. No, you're a lucky woman, Babs. (laughs) I tell you every day. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, Alex, all the degrees. How did that happen? Oh, real answer or... (laughs) (laughs) Tell us the real answer. Tell us the real answer. Real answer. Well, to be honest, I think... I just wasn't ready to stop being a student at the time. I really wasn't. Like I knew I was interested in health and fitness and then I got really interested in nutrition and I just kept doing degrees until I eventually had what was required to become a dietitian. And it wasn't particularly easy, but we got there and I wouldn't change a bit of it. I wouldn't change a bit of it. And and so... Why did you why did you decide to go into health and fitness in the first place? Why was that so interesting to you? What was your backstory? Been there. I've been there myself. So I struggled with my weight all my life. Childhood, teenage years. I mean, lots of names have been called. And I'm sure people who have read my story know the story in terms of me being called Fred, Fat and Red. Um, what was the one? Fat Boy Not Slim was the one as well. And all of these things actually were big motivating factors because they encouraged me to lose the weight. So at 16, I lost four stone in a year. And I decided I wanted to help other people but achieve what I achieved. And um, well, the rest is history. The rest is history. That's incredible. And so you're obviously from Ireland. At what point did you come over to the UK? And then tell us how you've moved back and forward. I'll pretend I don't know the story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, so I had planned on going to Sligo in terms of doing my undergrad and sadly or fortunately, I never got the points required for it. So I was forced to go abroad and I went to Wales at the age of 18, did my first degree in sport and exercise science and that changed everything because it meant that I was out of my comfort zone. I had to grow up pretty quick and moved to Edinburgh, fell in love with Edinburgh and then Travelled home a lot, but eventually, eventually, I suppose I found that special someone. Not sure what her name is, but uh, when, <laughs> when I did meet her, um, we decided that we'd move back to Ireland eventually. I suppose it was 15 years in the UK, and even now, I'm still back and forth in the UK every six weeks with, with yourself, Babs, and you're meeting your family, of course. So, um, 
I kind of feel like we're fortunate enough now to kind of live, enjoy the best and the perks out of both countries, which I'm enjoying. Oh, you're a dose, Alex. So, <laughs> so tell me, obviously you kind of went down the professional path of getting your postgrad and qualifying as a dietitian, doing your NHS work. That's really similar to legal, actually. You kind of just end up on the path and do the postgrad and do the traineeship and qualify. And then for me, for people who have listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I didn't, I, I did a few years in the kind of real legal world, but I didn't last terribly long there because it just wasn't for me. What was it like for you, Alex? Why did you decide to come out um, and kind of set things up on your own? What was your journey there? What was the motivating factors? It's a hell of a question, <laughs> to be honest. Perhaps for a long time, I wasn't really sure. You know, I wasn't sure. I knew I wanted to work in health and fitness. I was big into the gym myself since I lost the weight. And after I worked in the NHS, or when I was in the NHS, one thing that I found difficult to to accept was the fact that we could only have capacity to see a certain amount of people and that inhibited the degree or the quality of service we could provide. I'll give you an example. If someone had to lose weight and there was deep behavioural issues, we were expected to have a 15-minute consultation with the person every 8 to 12 weeks and we were told to try and discharge people where at all possible to prioritise our time for those who needed the most and I found that a big challenge because I found myself discharging people who still weren't there yet in terms of weight loss. And because I'd been there, I could really relate. I mean, I could really relate. And then I decided to do a course at the IOC, worked with athletes, loved it. But again, something wasn't quite right there either. So I realized that while working with athletes is, is it's great for the ego, looks really cool. You know, it does sadly it doesn't give you the same reward like knocking a half second off a lap for a runner or a footballer or a cyclist it doesn't give you the same fulfillment as helping someone move their diabetes into remission or avoid leg amputation by getting diabetes under control getting normalized blood pressure being able to conceive for the first time and babs <laughs> that was done from a professional way obviously no other way but you know <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> But you know what I mean. You know, you, you know what I mean. Like it's just sport dietitian <laughs> assistance in your pregnancy. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but it's more rewarding. You know, more job satisfaction. And when you know what you want and you have clarity, clarity is king. If you have clarity on exactly where you should be, what you should be doing, everything else coupled with hard, hard work, then it just it starts to fall into place. And I really believe that. And so how long ago did you set up the sport dietitian and how's it all been going? Tell us about the progress. Okay, so well, I was 18 months failing <laughs> considerably <laughs> um, and Babs, God bless her, you were there for me all the way through that. I was 18 months, <laughs> I was working in a gym uh, on a one-to-one basis as a personal trainer, obviously working as a dietitian as well and I wasn't able to make it work online. I tried literally for 18 months and all of a sudden then we started to gain traction it started to work I began to realize what didn't didn't work online I began to realize what was really needed to make sure that it it worked as a company first of all online 
and it starts with care as long as you care about people in my opinion an awful lot of things will, will go well and like there was some real lows of perhaps knows this story more than most that time I was driving back from Glasgow I had like 30k a credit card debt trying to make the company work and then overdraft was maxed out by 12 grand I had £3.93 in my account <laughs> I was driving back and there was no fuel in the car on the motorway and I say this flippantly but you don't understand how much I considered to just let the car go empty and figure it out because I didn't want to call you it's not because Bab's particularly scary maybe a little bit <laughs> only joking it's... We should note here, this is my car. So the consequences <laughs> for him were kind of minimal here. Yeah, so the perks were from, with Babs. Obviously, I was with her for the car, and that was the main reason. But the fact... <laughs> <laughs> it was useful. But anyway, I had to call her, and I had to ask her to transfer 20 quid into my account so I could put some fuel in the car. And I was 15 minutes at the petrol station trying to figure out another way. <laughs> I really didn't want it because I was... I was proud, I suppose. Not because Babs wouldn't help me, but because I was proud. And um, and I remember saying to you, I'll think about this low, because this, this is as low as it gets. And between that and working in the toilet roll room in Pure Gym, which is what was my office for 18 months, you know, it's, um, it's great to look back and, and see how things have went so well. And I feel very blessed. It's very funny. We started seeing each other when Alex was working in this toilet roll room. So basically, <laughs> he was working as a one-to-one PD, PD, PT in a gym. And um, he asked the manager if he could have an office. And the manager was like, no, you don't get an office. But there is a toilet roll room that you can sit in. And so I would go and meet Alex like after I'd finished work, etc. And you know, he's literally this little person surrounded by toilet roll and like lost property boxes and stuff. It was, <laughs> it was an interesting time. <laughs> Diamond in the rough, Babs. Diamond in the rough. That's what it was. Diamond in the rough. And if you don't ask, you don't get. And shy kids get no sweets, excuse the pun, but you had to try. I had to try. <laughs> exactly. So tell me, what has... what The reason I'm asking this question, Alex, is because there'll be a lot of people listening to this that are coaches that you know have maybe been going for a couple of years or they're starting out or they're thinking of starting a coaching business so what were some of the things that worked for you in terms of working with your clients what did you find gave your clients a kind of better service how 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 was that delivery better received and what didn't work what like because I hear a lot of people say oh one-to-one or in-person coaching is is always better is that true how can online coaching work fill me in okay so one thing I was very adamant about is that I was never going to sell products like drop a dress size challenge or something along the lines that would be automated just automated information being sent out to an individual reason being is because I didn't feel it would work especially when there's behavioral issues with weight loss like there's lots of companies out there that can give information and people, that's all they need, information and guidance. Like there's so many online courses that are really, really effective. However, for what I do, it has to be more personal. You need to have human interaction. It has to be about people, not about processes or systems or, or tech. It has to be about people. So once I really really nail that down I then just keep kept surveying kept surveying our clients what do you want what do you need what could be better how can I be better how can we be better and let the clients tell us 
what we need to do to get better. And we just consistently take that feedback on board and take action very, very quickly. Like done is better than perfect. I'm a firm believer of that, moving at a fast pace. So with that in mind, then I was fortunate enough to well, have an incredible team that share the same values as me, genuinely care, do what's best for the person, be passionate about what you're doing. And then it's the team. It's the culture and the team that's built it, not me. So I pass all credit to them. I have some incredible people in TSD and I'm extremely blessed to have them. Okay, so we say two years ago started out. Didn't even uh, answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> two years two, ago, yeah. Two years ago we started out. Oh, that's not that's nothing new, is it, Alex? Um, <laughs> two hear what ago, I want to hear. <laughs> two years ago you started out and how big is your team now? Team of 23. So it's uh, grown very fast. We have helped well over a thousand people at the moment. We've currently work, we're currently working with 300 clients right now. Um, the team is getting bigger because we're well aware of the need for us to provide more support, aka we're bringing in a consultant right now as well. We already have an in-house physiotherapist. We've input from a psychologist. I'm a dietitian. Amy's a dietitian. A lot of our coaches are behavioral change trained person trainers, sport and exercise scientists, and now having a consultant on the team as well means we will have a full multidisciplinary team so that we'll be more confidence that we have everything we need to give the person what they need so they can restore their health and just well, feel better about themselves. And people underestimate that. It makes a big difference. And just to be clear, like, because in this world, consultant can mean lots of different things. So you're talking an actual doctor consultant that's come on the team. Is that right? Absolutely. A doctor who has been seven years qualified as a consultant. So that means a very qualified doctor. <laughs> it's only a posh way of saying it. That's what we'll call Caroline. Hope you're watching this, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> or listening in, our, in your pocket. Um, <laughs> cool. So tell us a bit about how you've structured your business because I mean as a coach we see loads of coaches who it's just them or they might have a couple of people under them but you've you've got a real company with different kind of departments so what does that look like? Yeah so we have different compartments in the company with different managers just again overlooking it so we have fulfillment which is going to be coaches people who literally are in the trenches helping people who are going through struggles. We also have a tech team who ensure all the tech works really well, works efficiently. And of course, we have systems in place to ensure some things are automated because while automation can get a bad name, and I said earlier, I'm not a huge fan of it, sometimes the timing aspect of it and being able to deliver information in a correct order, well, it's far better than, than human error coming into play and doing it manually. So obviously that's not my strength. It's not my qualification area. So we have a team in tech doing all that for us, which I feel very blessed about. We also have a client acquisition team who are people who reach out, find people who need help, genuinely need help. And as the company's grown, we now have screening processes in place to ensure that we focus our time on the people who have genuine need like if someone has less than a stone to lose unfortunately we won't be able to help them because we have to prioritize the people that we work with if someone 
doesn't really want to lose the weight or isn't at the correct stage of behavior change, a.k.a. action or preparation, if they're still in pre-contemplation, which means that they're not ready to change yet, we, we won't really have a phone call because, unfortunately, we can't clone ourselves and we need to make sure that the person genuinely needs help. And that gives us job satisfaction. It also is best for the individual. I hope that answers your question. It does. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So tell us about your experience with the legal side, working with Jameson Law, um, <laughs> and some of the things that you've focused on as the business has grown and scaled, um, what you think is important, um, and, and how the kind of legal side has helped you. Okay, so first of all, I'd caveat this by saying being organized and having all of my I's dotted and T's crossed is the furthest thing for who I am as a person. I'm pretty sure Babs and interrupt me here and completely agree. And for that reason, I enjoy the creative aspect, the caring aspect, but I was flying blind and unprotected for, well, a long time, probably 80% of the duration of TSD being up and running. And I was under the belief that, oh, if you care about people, if you do the right thing, it'll always come back. People won't mess you around if you're nice to them. And sadly, that's not the world we live in. That's not the world we live in. And I realised there was a lot of people who, who had sometimes taken advantage of our kindness and would come in, take our IP, for example, in terms of what we do as a company. I've had... And I was the guy hopping on the phone, sharing all of our learnings, you know, um, and not understanding how I can protect myself. Also with clients on occasion who would perhaps agree a payment plan and decide to default and having already received our intellectual property or having us already have provided the service, then decide they weren't going to fulfill their agreement in terms of the investment. And I hadn't a leg to stand on. I didn't have any protection in place. I had no cookies policy on my website. I had no privacy policy. I had no contracts in place. And I had a member of staff before, again, take advantage and actually take some clients from the company and go off on her own. So these were all the risks I was taking because I wasn't aware. And I used to get emotional about it. But I realized that you don't need to get emotional because if, thanks to Babs, you have legal things in place, proper protection, it means that I can focus my energy on other things in the company. Not turning over in my sleep thinking about something. Not going through a problem or a scenario or a confrontation over and over again in my head because it can be avoided. And my life is so much easier, <laughs> so much easier and less stressful. And I can do what I do best knowing that legally we're protected. And I know everyone out there perhaps isn't as fortunate as me to have a wonderful fiancé as a lawyer. And obviously I might be a little bit biased because she is my fiancé. But if you are genuinely serious about running a company and you want it to turn into something really special, not being protected, it's like speeding without a seatbelt. Eventually you're going to get caught. Eventually something's going to happen. 
Well, that, that was that was very nice. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> I wasn't. I was going to say I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I wasn't expecting all the compliments. Normally, I'm like, pick up your socks. <laughs> Cheers, Babs. Cheers. Appreciate that. <laughs> Those of you who are working with me, who are watching this right now, Babs is saying that jest. I'm extremely well domesticated. Socks, <laughs> underpants, all. Neatly folded and, of course, in order. So please disregard Bab's last statement from the book. <laughs> I sound like a lawyer myself. <laughs> Judge, disregard that last statement. <laughs> so, Alex, if there was three kind of key points that you would say to coaches or small business owners who are kind of where you are or earlier and, you know, are, are maybe looking up to you. And, and by the way, guys, if you if you haven't looked into Alex's kind of background and his website and all of that you really should because it'll be very inspirational and I'm sure very helpful for a lot of you but if you could give three kind of top tips of things that these business owners should be focusing on it doesn't have to be legal obviously if it if it is brownie points but (laughs) top top three things that you would tell them to focus on right now to grow and scale their business number one energy 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 make sure that you are doing what needs to be needs to be done and needs to be done by you make sure you're focusing your energy on what needs to be done and needs to be done by you and if you're able to be fully aware of what that is and have clarity on what you're good at and what you should be focusing on then that will enable you to grow a company and employ people who are better at other things aka legal babs there we go one example aka tech someone coming in doing the tech stuff so focusing on your energy and having clarity on what you're good at and what has to be you. I'm going to put that in as one. <laughs> Two, um, working hard. And you need to love it for that. There's no such thing as a four-hour work week, in my opinion. No such thing as these lifestyle companies working from your laptop from a sun lounger in Mallorca. <laughs> it's all nonsense. You can't see the screen for a start. That's the main <laughs> thing. <laughs> can't see the screen. No, like, I probably work more hours now than I did when I was one-to-one because I really love what I do. So you don't mind working more if you really love it. So work hard is number two. And number three, and there's a book that I read regularly and it really helps me. It's called The Road Less Stupid. The Road Less Stupid, you want to give it a Google. And what it does is it looks at, if you were to go back and change three of the biggest mistakes that you've made in your company... What would they be and how much further ahead would you be right now? What would be different? And that book has really helped me because it means that I start to look at things more as in how could this go wrong? What am I not seeing here? And if you are, what does Warren Buffett say? It's when the tide goes out, you see who's not wearing shorts. You know what I mean? (laughs) What is the problem? If you haven't thought about it beforehand, you will get stung. And, And I... I know this is obviously a legal podcast, but I'm really serious when I say this. If you don't have things in place to protect your company, someone else out there will copy what you're doing. They'll steal your IP and they'll already have other aspects of their company, perhaps, that is maybe more efficient than yours, which means they'll get ahead of you and eventually you'll lose interest, you lose enthusiasm. Furthermore, people will take advantage and you will be losing all of that energy that I mentioned at the very start, which is necessary in order for you to keep working hard, keep being passionate and continuing to scale your business. I hope that helps. Very well said. Very well said. So last question, Alex. 
Ireland or Scotland? Oh, don't be silly. Where do we live right now? <laughs> well, that is a matter of opinion. <laughs> Where are we situated right now during this podcast? What's the address? I couldn't possibly <laughs> We're sitting in Ireland, okay? We're sitting in Ireland. Well, look, obviously, naturally, Scotland has its perks. But as Babs would say, Ireland is better naturally enough, especially at rugby. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Babs would not say that. Of course you would. I, I think there's some aspects, of, on a serious note, of the UK that I do really miss. The efficiency is one. The UK <laughs> okay. is really efficient and fast in terms of post. But I love the laid backness and the friendliness of, um, of Ireland. Yeah, we kind of just end up living half the time between each one now don't we that was a real politician answer wasn't it not a clear cut answer <laughs> they both have their perks they're both very nice let's not offend anybody that's literally what that was <laughs> we'll come off and you'll be like bloody Scotland not at all I wouldn't be marrying the Scot if they were that bad <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which we are actually meant to be married already guys but you know Covid mm, absolutely so I'm hoping for another virus to come in and maybe give me a few more years <laughs> Fingers oh. crossed. No, I'll have lost interest by then, my dear. Oh, stop. You're a lucky woman, Babs. I tell you every day. I'm a serious note. You really are. Yeah. Alex, thank you very much for giving us your time today um, helping to educate our audience. Um, it's been incredible. I'm sure that this will be very, very helpful. Um, where can people get in contact with you, find out more about you if they want to? Okay, so if you Google my name, Alex Neelan, A-L-E-X-N-E-I-L-A-N, or the website, which is thesportdietitian.co.uk. That's D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N for Norman. Thesportdietitian.co.uk. Loads of stuff on that in terms of free support. And we have a free support group on Facebook as well called the Sustainable Weight Loss Support Group, which is on Facebook, which would be the first point of call if you put a gun to my head to be honest perfect well thank you very much for coming on and i'll probably see you in the kitchen in the next 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the pleasure is all mine and babs thanks for having me on you're an absolute star thanks alex speak soon all the best bye-bye bye If you'd like to hear more about the Legal Leverage Framework and access some free resources, including free guides and trainings, pop over to our website, which is jamesonlaw.legal, and click on free resources. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Tune in to our next episode to learn more about how to grow and scale your business the right way.